Hello, and welcome to How to Waste Your Time. This is a very special episode, but the people here, not so special. Same two. Same guys you're used to hearing, and if you've never heard us before, again, welcome. I'm Holden Hentz. I'm the primary host of the show. I edit, I record, and Dira is just my best friend that comes over and records with me. If this is the first time you're hearing my voice, what are you, what are you doing, dude? What's up, guy? What have you been doing my whole life? You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? This is the first time you heard me. That's crazy. Ooh, that's some, that is some peach tea. We, uh, we mixed it up a little bit. This usually we have a liquid death still. Right now I have a, a liquid death rest in peach, and a little peach tea. D-Rise got the, is that Pellegrino? The San Pellegrino. San Pellegrino. Just the SP. Normal sparkling. Tastes like uh, tastes like when you um, like when you fall and and it's like a really clean piece of concrete and you hit your like mouth or teeth on the concrete and you like uh, uh, and you like kind of lick your lips a little bit. That's what San Pellegrino tastes like. Um, Ninety eight out of a hundred on that. Insane. It's it, it's You're it's a great beverage. It's a great beverage. You can't be you can't be contained. I I get it, man. Water is like a hundred hundred for me. I get, I I'm with you. I'm with you on that. But pff, tonic is. It, it, all sparkling water that's unflavored just tastes like tonic to me. It's all just like forty, just bad, bad. But I get, I like your your analogy, your yeah. personal antidote. Yeah. It, I I agree. It does kind of taste like that. But for me, that's bad. It's a bad thing. And welcome to how to waste your time. Welcome, welcome. Like I said, special episode. This is the three year anniversary. Congratulations, big three. Big three. Did you think we'd make it this far when we started, D.I.? Um, I mean, yeah. I think I had a kind of a vision of this where we just kind of like do it for fun. Like it's maybe it's more for us at sometimes. Um, but specifically making this being an anniversary episode, I don't. I don't think we would ever be like here where it's like, oh, we're chatting with people, we're hanging out with people, we're doing things that uh, people want us to do and want to hear our, our voices and opinions on. I don't think we'd be here. Yeah. No, it's cool. It's cool. It's definitely, it's fun. It's, uh, it's fun to have the, the people push us a little bit and to go outside of our, um, comfort zone, try some new things. We definitely tried some, I mean, everything was new to us this, this month. We didn't have any, nothing we've done before, uh, seen before, experienced before. So it's all, all fresh experiences and you get some fresh reviews. That's what how to waste your time is. It's how we wasted our time and, we tell you how we think you should waste your time too. And we got some pretty good recommends from, from some pretty cool people. Some cool guys and gals. Yep. I think, um, all, all assumedly males other than my wife, but, uh, I, I promised my wife that I wouldn't, uh, recap what uh, we're going to be going over. So if you don't look at the show notes, everything will be a surprise. And if you forget what you heard last month, if you listened last month, Everything will be a surprise. Um, so without further ado, man, let's jump right into the movies. So as we hinted at earlier, uh, th- this is the movie section uh, where we have a sick movie recommend. And every one of our categories is actually a recommend from our audience and from uh, the community members of the Draft Punks uh, server Discord. Uh, so we thank everyone who uh, participated and contributed to make this episode great. 
and uh, to giving us content to consume and just, you know, fun times to be had, really. Um, starting with Jared McBride. He recommended the movie To Live. And I said, I'm going to spearhead this one. So this one was taken by me. <laughs> Generally, every month, right, we swap off every other. But this time we're going to have some repeat back to back, just the way that we kind of distributed amongst ourselves so we didn't, um, we had an even workload. I feel like it was pretty even. I might have got off a little bit easier than he did, but we'll see how much he. I felt like I felt like I got off easier. Okay, so we'll see how much deer I consume because maybe maybe he's just playing with me. Um, so the movie To Live, it is a Chinese film. It would be redundant to say foreign film. Um, about a family in like nineteen twenties, uh, China. Um like going through the, the, the decades. So starting in the twenties, going through talking about the war, um, you know, rampant communism, how like a family's, uh, struggle and, and to evolve. Um, it is, uh, it's, it's a, it's a very good movie. It's also very realistic. And that's, that's it, my biggest complaint. Um, is that it's just too real. Like it's just, everything could have happened. It just, it's gloomy. Like there's definitely like some silver lining laps of like hope and joy. And I'm okay with having like a, a downer movie, but this is just like a downer movie. That's realistic. It's like, Oh shit, that totally could happen. <laughs> like all that just sucks. Like if that actually happened, that sucks. So th- that's, that's like it, when p- I'm, when I'm watching eternal sunshine, I was like, I can never, you know, just be wipe my memory. But watching, watching something that's like, Oh man, that's a real person crying right there. Right, right. No, it's definitely raw, and I, and I feel like I could easily see how someone five stars this. Right, easily see how someone thinks this is like a top twenty movie of all time because it's great acting, um, it's it's well written, and and it's very real. It's very raw. But for me, it just was like maybe at times a little boring. How real it was, like how like the actual family struggles were. Like there's still interesting things happening, but it's just like a man starts from the top and goes to the bottom and sometimes he gets lucky and sometimes he doesn't get lucky. And then his family like faces the consequences. And sometimes it's just like unfortunate timing in place. And like, well, because of communism, we have to keep on contributing. You know, we all have one shared pot we all, you know, do stuff together. And you know, it's, it's very nuanced. It's very, um, it's heavy. It's, it's definitely like a heavy, um, movie. We, me and dear, I started it together. Um, he was unable to finish it. Uh, he ended up going home and, and didn't finish it when he got home. I ended up seeing it through. And I liked, I liked a lot about how the struggles were just felt like, uh, it's something I could be experiencing. I think that's, that's the biggest connection to it. It's like, it's like, Oh, if I had an addiction to blank, then my family might feel this way about it. I don't think I'd be as blinded by the addiction as you know, this man is about gambling at the start. But because of that, he is a changed man. After he gets over his addiction, he never goes back. He doesn't go back to gambling. You know, it, it's not like trope heavy like that. He just becomes someone who's more humble, right? Because he doesn't have all this money, all this wealth. He's now left with nothing except his wife and his family. And so now he, that's all he lives for. And so living day to day for your family is like powerful stuff, especially in communist China. Um, I'm sure it, it, China probably didn't see this movie very favorable because it is pretty... <laughs> Oh, what are you talking about? We were great. Those were the good old days, dude. Come on. <laughs> yes, make China great again. Uh, it definitely has a lot of uh, meta commentary about 
the way that the country was ran and, and whatnot. I think I almost would have preferred if it was more war heavy instead of just like focus on this family and, and village. Like I think I just enjoy enjoy war movies more than I do uh, a little like, bit more suspense. Yeah, especially if you're thinking the movie is a little dry. Yes, yes. Just because you know, and and there and not to be said there isn't like death and there isn't like there isn't things I I haven't expected happen. Like that's certainly things I haven't expected and it's, and it's good writing, but it just it's just so at times it just is so gloomy that it just like depressed me to watch it. And I, I'm using that very frivolously. I, I wasn't actually depressed, but it just was like, it was, it was a downer and it just, uh, it, 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 did, it brought your emotions down. Right. It did not lift up my spirits and, and I don't always watch movies to lift up my spirits. Uh, but on that particular viewing, you know, I was hoping to get more, more out of it where I'm like, I could go home and be like, Oh, this is something that was like spectacular to watch. I really like, connected with this movie but instead i just got something that was like man that's heavy that's some heavy shit right there i just wasn't expecting that i maybe sometimes expectations kind of uh alter the way you 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 view something um in the way that you you take it on i i really didn't expect him based off the movie poster i thought it was all about his wife it's just his wife with his kids i thought it was gonna be more about like a solo story but her but he the the main protagonist was there the whole entire film um he remains through the whole thing and he plays a really titular role to the, to the film. And like, it's, it's revolving story. So it was just different than I was expecting. And, um, still very good. I, I appreciate the recommend. Uh, Jared was already on my watch list from the last time you mentioned it. So now forcing me to watching it. Uh, I appreciate that. Cause I don't know when I would have got to it just cause it's such a, it, it's so, it was so ambiguous until I actually saw it. But if you're into, you know, that communist era, China, um, regime, um, in cinema, then it's definitely, it, it's, it shows that on a very low level, you know, from like how the people were actually dealing with it. And again, it's, I know it's dramatized, but it, it feels like this is a real story that could have actually taken place. So that's why my rating is going to be a 77 out of a hundred. I, I think it was a, it's a very good movie. Uh, I just, uh, didn't connect with it the way that I'd hoped to. Um, I, I heard this online. Um, as a good counter of like why people or why like somebody would listen to sad songs and that's to like not exactly glorify sadness but to um, r- relate your own emotions and work through hard times I feel like I get that with movies as well like when I feel sad in a movie it's because I, I want to work through something myself do you think you hit some of those points or was it just too boring Oh, I see what you're saying. Maybe too much like an internal reflection. Um, no, I, I don't think I, I really... I, there's definitely some family pulls that are like, oh, I would hate if that happened to Claire. Like if, if Claire got put in that kind of situation or like had to had to do this, how would I react as a parent? So like I definitely saw a little bit of that, but at the same time, it just felt so abstract and like I'm not in a war-torn country like that. I just couldn't really relate or like draw comparisons to make me feel like I was part of it. It just felt like I was watching something terrible happen. Like I was watching like a, in the best way possible, I was watching a train crash and being like, ugh, that sucks for everyone on board. <laughs> sucks for that guy. Uh, speaking of watching stuff to make you feel like garbage. Yeah. Let's go. Um, big dog, Brian Keese. BK. 
um, dropped the bombshell on us, uh, or on me per se, um, to watch Love is Blind Season 3 Brazil. Mm-hmm. On the Brazil Netflix. edition, right? The Brazil edition, which is, um, couldn't be a more uh, uh, sniper of an annoying choice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is very specific. Season 3. Season 3 of the Brazil. Yeah, watch that one. Yeah, you'll enjoy that, won't you? Yeah, and I, I, I voluntold D-Ride to, to watch that. Because some reason, I feel like you are... I would, I would love to be the reality TV guy. Right. And I think, I think in a way, in my head, I'm like, oh, he's kind of, he kind of likes reality TV. He kind of likes schmutt, especially like foreign schmutt. Yeah. And so... It, it, I mean, it, it got where it needed to get, you know? It scratched an itch for sure. Um, before I get into the actual show, I would just like to say... Uh, Portuguese Brazil is one of the worst languages I've ever heard auditorily. You know. You know what's funny? Dri sent me a um a vid- maybe he said something about it and I looked it up the video. Or, I don't know how we found the the Portuguese ver- Brazil versus just, Portuguese I, Portuguese. Yeah, but, I just mentioned it and then I and then I saw the video and I was like, this, the comparison between Brazilian Portuguese and then actual Portuguese is crazy. It's insane. The actual Portuguese sounds so nice and so cl- fluid and clean. But the Brazilian Portuguese is so elongated. It's like almost like the Australian Portuguese of how like long the vowels are. And they did like oh, ah, ah, make a lot of like throat yeah. noises added into like this romance language. It's insane. It, you're, you are so right. It's it's abysmal. It's it's just crazy to think about and to like. It, this is one of the first shows I watched. Um, like I couldn't. I usually if, if it's something in a different language, obviously I'll. I'll take the home language audio and the subtitles because that just, I want it to sync up with their mouths more than anything. Sure. Um, this one I, I turned off, I turned it to English audio dub many times. Um, getting onto the show, love is bond. It's not one that I watch or have watched before, but I oh, do really? love it. Yeah. Um, what's the premise? So it, it's kind of strange cause they take like probably 50 people like 25 females 25 males um in the first like i want to say week or two weeks um people are randomly paired or they're uh they're they request who they want to meet um but it's completely blind so like that they get into a room and they can only hear each other they can't see and they can't touch gotcha um but after that they take like whoever um basically proposes takes their relationship to the next level while still being in like blind date sessions. Hmm. They take them and then they send them on a honeymoon to a resort. And then eventually to the end of the season, they get married. Supposedly, allegedly, this was popularized in America, right? I want to say, yeah, I think the original one was American Netflix. And then it went to the UK. UK, Yeah. Um, I guess the appeal is that, uh, these couples are working through like six, seven years of a relationship in like less than a month. Um, but it, it also has like, I don't know. These are some of the strangest reality TV characters I've, I've seen in a while. This one, um, there's, there's one guy, uh, Valmir, um, great, uh, Portuguese Brazilian name. Um, he like, he went through the blind dates with like a script and he would tell each one the same thing. 
um, real uh, dirtbag kind of guy. Um, but I connected him with him the most, probably. Sounds kind of unhinged of type of behavior. Yeah, and 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 then it's like, as soon as like he gets through like, uh, four or five girls that he was like, this is my number one, this is my number one. Um, he finds one and he's like, you know, the connection was totally different. Um, you know, we were on a different level than all the other girls, even though he had like four number ones. This is like his fifth down the list. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I just thought it was so interesting to like. I I truly don't believe they 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 went all the way through and got married and I still truly don't believe like there there's no way they're together today because mm. um, the guy is just so just odd and uh, definitely like misogynistic and kind of controlling and and just strange. Um, but they I think another good uh, part of the show is that after their honeymoon they spend another like two weeks or. I want to say like 20 days where they just live in an apartment and like off honeymoon and they like get their social media back. And like one of the other guys was hitting up his girlfriend on Instagram or whatever. And it was very like posturing. He was like, mm, what did he say? Who is this guy? You, you spoke Italian with him. And like, bro, reality TV is the best, bro. It really is really. Um, let me uh, put my mind away after work. That's great, bro. I'm glad that brought you some satisfaction because I know, sure as hell, I would have uh, hated life having to watch that. So I'm, I'm, I, I sniped it for you, bro. Thanks, dude. Um, overall, I think I want to give it like a 73. Okay, we'll take, we'll, hey, we'll take the good rating, man. Well, hell yeah, yeah, we'll take that. It's no, uh, like Big Brother or right Survivor right. top tier. Um, you could definitely feel some of that, like, uh, producer like egging you on, like, oh, how did how did this make you feel? Or like just making kind of drama out of nothing. Like someone says something at a get together and they like music cues and like zoom in, you know what I mean? Even though it's most likely just like an off comment that they, that the group didn't feel anything about. Um, but 73 is good. 73 is in my 73 out of hundreds. Like, yeah, go ahead and watch it. If you like this kind of stuff. Did you ever think about the, uh, I think you should leave, um, Bachelor parody where the oh, man, it's just it zip lining. See, I like um, I think it's Love Island because oh, it's yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. It, it's always a group setting. Everyone sure. is always together, and you you get like very rare occasions where you could go take somebody on a date. I feel like that's more dramatic because like you're living with these people all the time. Whereas this, there's so much time like alone. Like the couples just had right. so much time alone that like you just need a camera to like watch these couples like in the shower or in their bed. And it's mm. just like, I, I want to see this, like put, put them together, make them do stuff, uh, make them, you know, make them hate each other a little bit more. Fight. Yeah, exactly. Like that's kind of, maybe that's mu- what I want more of out of my reality TV. But nonetheless, I guess like the, the couple stuff was cute. You know, it's not a lot of massages. Like they're in a resort they're just getting massages and they're talking about the other people. And it's like, oh. Did, did did this need to be filmed? The the thing that I find um, the worst about the, the did you ever watch the Circle? Mm. That, one? that one's like what if like Survivor, but no one could see each other and it was all text based. Oh okay, I don't know what the Circle is, not, but I've never seen it. Like it's like they do, they, it's not even like Survivor, but maybe Big Brother. They do like challenges and they compete against each other, kind of, and they like have to like vote people out and stuff. 
yeah. but you have to like get make alliances and stuff but it's all text-based and somebody could be catfishing and playing like there's someone else and because you never see the person and, and it's all like it's all text-to-speech so <laughs> so they're just like thinking the text out loud and that's like the recording of the show just them talking into their like tv and then the, the words popping up and they're sending messages that way so start a private chat with david <laughs> david uh, and cynthia just went to a private chat and i'm pretty pedoed right now bro uh, david what are you thinking about the way that eric has been kind of posturing himself glad you liked it bro glad you like glad you like that show <laughs> couldn't be me uh couldn't be me ever traveling to brazil that's uh that's a known fact uh, you know what let's go to portugal bro I'll go, yeah, I'll go. I'd much rather go to Europe, just anywhere in Europe. Let's go to Portugal. Let's let's go to let's let's watch. Let's go some other Europe places. Let's watch let's go, a, yeah. Let's, let's go to Hungary. A, watch the F one Budapest race. Yeah, watch a soccer game. Watch watch a the local Portugal. one though. Local local, local one. Portuguese soccer game. Hell yeah, man. All right, moving on to the world of sports. That's what that little uh, Joe Rogan um, knocked out, commentated soundbite comes from, from the UFC. And uh, that's not what we watched. We didn't. We didn't fight. We didn't. We didn't play. But we did get outside. We went outside. Dude. We did get outside. We at 8 p.m. in in um, 98 degree weather. You gotta love it. Dude. We played outside. Um, so this one comes from Michael Moran, friend of the show, um, List Wars podcast host, also podcastyourwedding.com host, where he he does a wedding podcast, like almost like a like a wedding inventory book, like your guest book, guest book with like, but instead everybody comes in and they just start talking to the podcast host. They're like, what do you think about the wedding? And then, you know, on location, on location at the that's wedding. Pretty, that's pretty sick. It's, it's a it's a it's a good gig. Good gig. That, and then he could be next to the tattoo artist I hire for the wedding. Hey, now That's, we're on to something. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, this the entire time during the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. What are you getting? What are you getting? Yeah. Does it hurt? <laughs> you had a laugh off mic for that one. <laughs> oh, uh, that looked like it hurt. That looked like it hurt. Ooh, that looks like a You're penis. bleeding. It's You're pe- bleeding. Yeah, it's your ble- Oof, that's a lot of blood. He's a bleeder. Everyone, he's a bleeder. Uh, okay, so Michael Moran, he gave us the sport pickleball. Pickleball. P-ball, bro. So I'll be honest. I have not been on the pickleball train for one simple reason. I thought pickleball and squash were the same thing. Hmm. Up until... I'm not sure if I know what squash is. Up until the year of our Lord, 2023. Squash is the same as racquetball. So you, you play it indoors behind glass wearing goggles and it's a small little rubber ball and you like hit it with like a little racket and you bounce it off the wall. And it's like, it's like very posh. So what's the difference between racquetball and squash? They're like alterations of each other. Okay. Like slightly bigger ball, slightly different, like, paddle, but they're like the same thing basically. Yeah. So, I think squash would be with the paddle, racquetballs with the racket. Maybe. But regardless... Pickles come from cucumbers, which remind me of of squashes. I don't know, but I thought they were the same thing. Yeah, it's a fruit. It's a vegetable based uh, sport. Sport name. Yeah. So I thought they were the same thing. Little did I know, and everyone else who has not familiar with the pickleball trainer, not on it, but 
it is basically a combination between two major sports and then I'll throw in the third one for you. So obviously the obvious inspirations is tennis because you kind of play it on like a court. That's an obvious with, one. With a net. With a net, like a low, low net. Ping pong because it's like a, you know, you do some bouncing. That's like a ball. It's like, it's like, a, it's like a big, big game of ping pong. And then obviously I would say wiffle ball because you play with a ball that is like a wiffle ball. It's got like little holes in it. Yeah, and it, well, it is a wiffle ball. It basically is it's just a glorified wiffle ball. But it has a, I mean, obviously a wiffle ball has, it re- reacts differently than like every other ball ever existed. Right. So it is a, uh, is a sport that's actually surprisingly physical. I did, um, I did sprain at the, near the end, I did kind of sprain my, uh, lower light, light sprain, light sprain on the lower light ankle sprain. because I was able to kind of walk it off and I just kept thinking in my head, uh, 93 flu game michael jordan i think i might even said it out loud so said it several times not loud who's counting and uh i just kept thinking about this is my flu game and i uh you know came up big at the end honestly um i only won one game that's because uh, i guess i should step back a big shout out to our uh, friends of the show uh tommy latero and soon to be leanne latero uh right now leanne wagner they, they were our, they were our pickleball shepherds, bro. Um, they were uh the the guidance. They were the ones that brought us into the flock. They they live on a um gated community that has pickleball courts, which I will say is a big difference from a tennis ball. Just tennis, I guess. Tennis ball is not a sport. From a tennis court, it's got a lower net and it's got a kitchen down in the in the middle, uh, that you can't step in. So it's got a little bit of different dimensions, um, and you so you play the sport a little differently. Um, but we played it at night with them. They, it's it, typically a game that's played two on two. Um, we, we swapped up the team several times, played a few games, did some volleying and they, uh, they were very inviting. Um, the, the catch was that, uh, Tommy won every game because he is like a, um, amateur tennis player. <laughs> uh, so he, he has very good movement. Um, the three of us, Leanne, Dira, and myself all made mistakes, you know, Simple mistakes, some growing pains. It's that they just learned how to play pickleball like that month, so they haven't been playing it for very long. Uh, but for whatever reason, Tommy just um, immaculate, never made any mistakes. Every time he hit the the pickleball, it was on the court. He never missed a pickleball. Anytime he lost points, it was because his teammate couldn't get to it. it was, yeah. was never his fault. An absolute cyborg. Kind of insane to watch him, all with a smile and a laugh the entire time. Just just having fun, just kind of toying with us, playing at like fifty percent maybe. Yeah, I wouldn't even, I would be like 45, 40. Yeah. I've seen, I've, I stood next to the guy when he, when he wanted to get to it and I was in the way. I was like, oh man, he could have had that. He's there. He would, he would have been there. He would have been there. No, that would have never hit the ground. Um, it, it is a, um, like I said, very physical sport. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it was one of the most satisfying things is when you get a, a good serve. And you get like a nice thud noise, like when you knew you hit the, you hit it right on the. You play with these like wooden paddles, like very similar to like just like a big ping pong paddle, and in, uh, when you get that nice thud with like that open sound of like the the like ball hitting onto the wood, it just like doof doof doof, and in, uh, it's just very satisfying when you know you've you've landed a good serve. Yeah, uh, when you when there's like a high speed volley, like you're just you could just listen to it and be like, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. And definitely like at 
almost as satisfying as a ping pong, right? Because it's like you get like a ding, 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 ding. ding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's a real satisfying noise. So that's like that's like half the fun of racquetball. Sorry, of pickleball, <laughs> not the sport we're talking about. Um, it puts racquetball to shame, honestly. Um, but it, it was a lot of fun when you know when you like play hard and you get points because of how hard you were playing and how like strategic you were thinking. Like that's when it was like the game was at its best. Like again, like I said, with the sprained ankle at the end, I said, Tommy, take a breather. I'm gonna go 110. percent Let me score the last three points here and uh, take us to to the my first victory of the night because that's I wasn't winning if I was playing against Tommy. <laughs> wasn't wasn't happening. He wouldn't he wouldn't allow himself to lose. Just wouldn't. Simply. Um, I don't I don't know if he could, like physically could. Like it was it was just natural for him to you know, just to get down to like that fifty, forty five percent. Like that's still just him playing naturally. Mm-hmm. So like he would just naturally oh this this awkward maybe this looks awkward to hit and then it just lands lands in your box and you're like oh he returned that that's crazy michael said that he's he, every time he goes to a new place he looks for local pickleball courts and just plays pickup games with people there and just hops in he hops in as a one as a one nice because then it's like then it's like four friends and it's like hey mike um <laughs> this guy wants to play with us uh you, i guess uh, hey David. I was gonna say, are yeah, you yeah. talking to Mike Moran or are you talking? Yeah. To- hey David, uh, I know the four. I know, I know the four of us showed up to play pickleball, but this guy Mike. Let's rotate him in. Let's rotate him in for one. Hey, hey so we already have a Mike, but uh, you can be Michael, I guess. Uh, how about the two Mikes on a team? Hey, huh? Mike and Mike. On Mike the pickleball. and Mike. Oh, oh, these, this isn't your first time playing. Wow, you're you're pretty good. We're we're actually just cat. Oh. We're just playing for fun, Michael. We're not. Um, we don't need to switch around. We're not counting points. We're not in a. We're not in league play. Okay, so I guess let's let's touch on that topic. Uh, the scoring system sucks. Um, it is not a, the official scoring system. You, yeah, you score twice to score once. So there's like offense and defense basically, and then you keep on as long as you keep on scoring, you keep on serving. So that's like imagine you're playing like basketball twenty one, and it's like you score, you keep. Yeah, so you, make, a little make it take it. Make it take it. So you just keep on scoring and you keep on winning, and then the other team never gets a chance because they're just down so much. Unless you stop them, right? Unless which, you come which, in, which in our games it stopped because someone made a mistake. That wasn't Tommy. That wasn't Tommy. Yeah, absolutely was not Tommy. <laughs> uh, but no, it, it, it the scoring system is, is whack, right? And I think you obviously could just score however you want, right? You could score every. You can play it like ping pong rules, where you just score, it falls off, you score. You know, out of bounds, you score. You, yeah. you can play it that way. But because of that, it, it did create an interesting dynamic where it's like, oh, we did so well on defense, but now it's like our time to start scoring, and we just can't get on a run. Get anything. So yeah. we can't catch up. Whereas, like, if you're good at returning, instead of, like, the initial serve or, like, having to play off the serve, then... Uh, you just you, avoid defense. You just you just don't lose any... Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's like I would compare it to... Um, um, sack, sack throwing. Uh, cornhole, cornhole. Yeah, like, you, you cancel out points. I'm like, why don't we just score straight points? Like you could play a, <laughs> you could do like a, a perfect. You just be perfect, and it's like, well, zero points that one. Nobody zero scores that game. Nobody scores that one. Good job, everyone, for zero points. Like, well, that's not satisfying. No one's going anywhere. Nothing's happening. And you can have zero points basically in this game too. Rating. 
Oh, great call. Great call. I'm going to give uh, Pickleball a 92. I think it's a masterpiece of a sport. Uh, we had a great time. Like I said, Leanne and Tom were very gracious hosts, and uh, they were great competitors. They invited us open arms, open um, paddles, and uh, we, we had a great time. It's always fun to play sports with you, Rye. Um, Always great. Always a great time. Um, I, I probably, probably around there, too. Maybe even higher. Maybe like a 95. Nice. I, I felt like um, we played for how long? Like an hour and a half? About an hour and a half. We did an hour with them, and we did maybe like a quarter of an hour or like half an hour just against each other, trying to like work some things out. Yeah. I felt like I could play for like eight hours Whoa. and be having fun. Yeah. I hear you. I get definitely like a two-hour session would, would be like primo. I had a great time for two hours playing the sport, you know? The, and then not, hopefully not feeling, I mean, I didn't feel terrible after an hour. You know what? I, I was I was pretty okay. Like I said, other than like the lower sprain angle, which I was fine like a day and a half later. It didn't last that long yeah. at all. Like it, I felt like, I mean, I sweat a ton. Yes. I don't know if that it's was very, very because it was hot. And it was hot. Or because it was like actually like a decent pace cardio for my body. Um, But yeah, bro, I'm there. I'm there next time we play pickleball too. Oh, yeah. All right, back to me again, I guess. Um, it's just the way that we ran things just, out just here. Just the way it works. It, it, the ship is sinking, then. Yep, this is this is the way. That's how we scheduled it. Okay, so we're, we're on anime here. This one comes from um, the late, great uh, Christian Ekipato, a.k.a. Chris Lee. Everybody's a little bro. Everybody's a little bro. If the last name sounds familiar, it's because it's D-Ride Darian Ekipato's little brother, uh, who lives with him right now. Currently. Currently, and is about to be an uncle. Currently. Currently, he's already an uncle, but he's about to be an uncle. In, a, tr- a true uncle. Yes. He doesn't really have a lot of uncle experience right now. He's about to get his uncle's hands I wet. Mean, my sister has two kids. but Right, that's what I'm saying. He doesn't, he doesn't have he's not, like... not Definitely not hands-on. No, he's not being like, Uncle oh, Chris, yeah, what's he's, up? I mean, he's going hands-on with Lou. Oh, yeah. He's, he's the built-in babysitter. I already told him that. He's like, oh, I don't know how much babysitter. I'm like, bro, you, you live there. You live there now. Dude, you're gonna. This is gonna be like. I gotta, I gotta do dishes, dude. Can you just wash it for a second? I gotta, I gotta. She needs a bottle right now, and they're all dirty. Um. And he's like, you could, I could just see him putting his foot on like the like little like car seat, and just kind of be like, yeah, no, no problem. I got it. I got it. And just kind of rocking it, you know, a little bit. That's that's what's gonna be like the first month. No, he's gonna be on dog watch, honestly. Probably. Bonzo will be fine. Bonzo's cool. Bonzo but it, Bonzo gets sad in like the afternoon, like when you leave him. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so Chris Lee uh, recommended an anime called Eighty Six. This was a great wreck, and I took took it by the reins because this is one that's been on my radar since it came out. Uh, the end of twenty twenty one or beginning of twenty twenty two. The reason I was on my radar is because it is a. I knew that it's a mech anime but the best kind of mech anime where it's like they're small mechs they're like i don't like larger than life buildings kaiju size mechs i want like like personal like personal fit in your garage mechs yeah 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 or i I mean at least like the tallest i want is like a one-story building i don't want like Mm. anything really tall than that these ones are pretty much exclusively like either like tank size 
Because they're all they're all like spiders. They all have like animatronic okay. like limbs. So they like spiders that can jump around and stuff. But they're all about because if you had the uh, engineering um, technology to make a mech, well, like why would you make it with two legs and two arms? Right. Right. You know the, what? Absolutely. What sense does that make at all? And why would he have a sword? That's the, just saying. Cool. I just just want to put my gripes out there. Badass, I guess. I don't know. You can slice through all the Power Rangers like villains and stuff. <laughs> uh, no, so there. The premise is that, uh, which I learned very quickly, is that there's um, imagine Attack on Titan world where there's like a circle country, and then everywhere around it like is a different country. So there's like a bunch of districts, I guess, inside the circle country. And then outside the district is the 86th district. So everyone who lives outside that is the 86th. Could you say they were 86th? They were 86th. From the circle country? From the circle country. Whoa. And everyone in the center is all, has now become like, since maybe like the show started off maybe like 15 years ago, they were, they're all one group of people who are white, very white skin, very light haired, like, like white white hair they all look the same and then what they've decided uh, the narrative that, that this country has created is that everyone outside who lives on the outside is not a human so only the people who live inside are humans and who have souls and have values everyone outside is not human so when there's deaths and stuff going on outside nobody died there's zero fatalities so they keep reporting zero fatalities in this war because they're they're at war against like non-humans against like the Legion, right? The Legion is like this like group of like, I, I don't, I don't know if there's a leader of the Legion, but there's some, there's some like autonomous group that's trying to destroy everything, trying to kill all humans, which I th- again, I think it's, I think it's autonomous, like, like non-human. Um, but, but they're humanoid, like shape of a human. No, there's just like no one piloting these mechs. They're, the mechs are very similar to like what the, what the, um, the people who like the spider mechs it's basically spider mech versus spider mech okay and the 86 are all humans they're all people um that are fighting against these autonomous like machines basically so it's man versus the machines but again it's zero fatalities across the board because the legion aren't humans and apparently the 86 aren't humans so one one uh, commander um who like is commanding through like bluetooth like long distance Bluetooth, nice, nice. Like, but it's like in their head, kind of. They do have like things they can turn off. Like, it's like a technology, like a, so a little switch behind his ear. Yeah, it's got, like like it, it is like a little Bluetooth. But um, they're communicating through that, and they they give like strategy and stuff. Um, but the gist of it is like, oh, they think all the all the people that live inside the republic inside the country are uh, like pigs. They're all the they're right. It's, they say racist white white. <laughs> pigs like because they just don't like value the life all the, all the people with brown hair are in the 86 district yeah brown hair blonde hair red hair blue hair <laughs> anyone who's not these like pure white nice so it's 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 an interesting kind of genocide a little bit of take of like oh we're just letting all these people die who lives outside the district we've just decided as a country they're not human so it's that's an interesting narrative and then like obviously the the, the one protagonist realizes that this is wrong and like <laughs> No, no kidding, bud. And like everyone inside the country is like thinking everything's peaceful and fine, but those people suffering on the outside, it's very much like the giver, um, which mm. is my favorite thing to compare anything to because the giver is like the basis of like all, uh, all, all fiction, 
all fiction, all language. All language, all, because in The Giver, like, the, the main protagonist is given the concept of war, and then he returns to his utopia, and he sees them play fighting war, and he starts freaking out, like, what are you doing? You, you're, you know, people actually die in this, and everybody's like, stop. This isn't fighting. This isn't a game. War is, you know, he starts, once he realizes, right, once he has this knowledge, he starts freaking out. So it's very similar. She has this knowledge as the commander and realizes, oh, like everything you're doing is, what we're doing here is wrong. Like these are real people. I've communicated with them. They've told me, like she gets to know them and like cares about her people that she's like the major and commander over. Uh, so the long skinny on it is that the first half, I watched the, the tw- 23 episode run. Um, it's, it's broken up in like in the way that Japan runs anime is in cores, C-O-U-R-S. You've heard me talk about before. So core one is really, really good. And it follows just that, just exactly what I was talking about. But core two expands after that. So once she can no longer communicate with them because she, they, they leave, right? The group of her people that she commands leave and, um, she loses them. Like they are out of range of the Bluetooth. They're in, they're in Legion territory. And then like, that's where core two takes off. So core one, I was totally on board. I love this dynamic. I loved like Shin is like your main protagonist. He's one of the 86 and he can like hear the voices of the Legion, which is like the Legion are like dead comrades, basically like they're like ghosts are, are taken. If they're not killed, they're taken by the Legion and then they want revenge. So he can hear their voices cause he's been dead before, but re back to life. So it's a little, new- little death stranding, a little bit of death stranding for sure. Um, it's, it's pretty nuanced. It's, it's, it's really cool. But the, the second half is like, it kind of lost me with some of its like introduce new characters, introduce a new location, like new motivations. feels like Shin had character regression. The way he ends at the end of episode 12 is so mm. sweet, but then his character regresses and kind of shells up again. And I'm just like, ugh, I felt like he was over that hump. So I just didn't like where they went with that. Uh, still great stuff. The, all the action takes place in a 3d um, art style, which I've been on record to say I hate. Pretty good 3D art, actually, for this. Because everything that happens as humans, human, it's always 2D. They never break that rule. Mm. It's never... Little, uh, Code Lyoko, baby. <laughs> Code Lyoko, what is it? How does the saying go? Walk, so 86 can run. <laughs> I love Code Lyoko, bro. Uh, Code, <laughs> Code is so trash. But the, the, the reason why I, I bring that up is because the, the 3D animation Code Lyoko is awful. And I think everything <laughs> still looks like that 3D animation. But the spiders look good. The action that takes place in that 3D space is really good. And then, like Kodioko, everything that takes place amongst the humans in the r- real world or whatever um, is 2D. And that all looks really clean. All the character models are good. The voice acting is really good. Um, again, it's unique. It's got a good premise. You know, the whole country's at war. Um, so, for the, the here's the unique problem I have with 86 the name of the show is a number that I commonly give things that I like. So, oh, man. You and so yeah. meta in my head, I'm like, give 86. Is 86. it an 86? Is this show an 86? But here's what I've decided. I've, after finishing it, I was like, okay, the first core, 86, 100%. is a great, very great. The second one, I would say, is barely scraping great. I would give that an 80. I think it's, I think it's just because of everything it's set up in the first core and the first half of the season, was so strong. The second half was also strong, but it was kind of still coming down the hill. Basically, I think it's still climaxes at episode twelve, and just it's just a slow 
falling action. And then the final episodes, it's cool, but it's not quite what I wanted. So I would, like I said, I'm going to give this, let's combine the average of the two. 86, I'm going to give an 83 out of 100. That's my, <laughs> my rating. Um, if I were to give a rating to Code Lyoko, that's an easy 99 year perfect in. Shut the hell up. You, you rewatch the show. <laughs> like, I don't need get, to rewatch it. Yes, get, take your nostalgia goggles off. To. It's Trust me, it's more ass than you think it is. <laughs> Hit me up for a Code Lyoko uh, watch party on Discord. Somehow, some way, Holden ended up taking three mediums back to back to back. Let's go. That means Dira gets the next two. Uh, so I uh, got recommend. Well, again, G- Greg Griffith of the uh, Level Zero podcast, famously, um, he recommended a, a video game that was Nobody Saves the World. That's one that's been on my radar for a while as well. Um, and selfishly, I took that from D-Rad because D-Rad is also going to have a, a video game that he talks about in the waste cap. So it balanced things out a little bit as well. Um, it was a game that I uh, liked because it was from the creators, I believe, of Guacamelee, which is a awesome Metroidvania in the style of like luchador fighting. So pr- pretty cool uh, concept. So I knew they were going to come to the heat with this one. Uh, this one's about a nobody, um, a like little silhouette that saves the this fictional land uh, by possessing beings, taking the form of beings. I'm not exactly sure. You just get new forms unlocked as you progress. Um, and the forms vary. One of them is a horse, where it's just like a straight horse, and your, your attack is like you, you kick um, like with your hind legs. That one's kind of confusing because you have to like kick face stuff. Face backwards. You face backwards, yeah. So things behind you kick. So you have to like kind of lock your perspective and then kick behind you. So that one's a little bit more complex. Uh, some like simple stuff like Ranger, you know, shoots a bow. You have your like um, knight who just uses his sword. Uh, but hands down, the best form, and I, and I think this is the narrative online. I'm not sure, but the best form has to be magician. So you, your <laughs> attacks, it's, it's, a, it's a melee attack. He's, he's not a wizard? It's not a wizard. It's a magician. He's got like a magic okay. hat. Okay. Um, your attacks is you fan out cards in front of you, like playing cards. And so attacks in like a cone. So you're already hitting more than one person in front of you, which is kind of nice. You kind of can block off enemies, basically a little bit of knockback. But the reason why he's so great is because his, his like unique or special ability is that he summons um, a rabbit out of his hat and then the rabbit attacks with you. So if you have a lot of mana, you just keep spawning rabbits. And then I think you have a like, I'm going to say one in 10 chance of spawning a, a white tiger, uh, which is like <laughs> akin to like uh, famous magician Siegfried and Roy. And so you can have like a bunch of like rabbits and then the white tigers are obviously way stronger, have a lot more health and they do the health do deteriorate, you know, just over time. But the best is just spawning up, going into a battle, just spawning a bunch of rabbits, a bunch of white tigers and just start fighting people. And then by using your normal attack, you regain mana and then you just rinse and repeat. And then you have, you have the different, type of other abilities you can use for it but basically that's the bread and butter that only didn't work one time when i entered a dungeon where um when an enemy dies they explode and they shoot out mm. damage in and they four directions no when my rabbits died they would shoot out um like it's basically like imagine like three poison darts in every in four cardinal directions so i had to keep on avoiding that 
every time my rabbits died. And if I spawned like eight rabbits, I'd avoid that eight times. And mm-hmm. I would just end up hurting myself with my rabbit. So I had to use a different technique. I'd use the mermaid. And the mer- what mermaid. What she do? She's ugly as hell. She's, she's, uh, she can swim. Um, and then she shoots out like. In a dungeon? When there's water. Uh, and then she, she throws out like water bubbles that can, you can either charge up. You can just do like fast, like long range water bubbles, or you can charge up big ones. That's just like a big cone. Um, big, and she can tail whip, and there's, there's some other stuff too. There's like a turtle. There's some different animal. Rat is a good one. Rat moves really fast. You can just poison people and then like run around them and ignite the poison. Nice. So there's different, like a lot of different techniques. The main game is just a dungeon crawler. It's like the, the problem, my base problem with like the combat is that it is only four cardinal directions. It, it's you're playing isometric, but it's like very 2D. So you're only going up, down, left, right. Um, it, there's no like diagonal. And so like a lot of times things are hard to hit if they're not in that direction. So you kind of have to like, position yourself running in a circle where they're chasing you and then getting them behind you and then doing damage to them that way. So I, the story is nonsensical. There's nothing really there. There's like a magician apprentice named Randy who you're like, they, he, Randy. Thinks, he thinks you killed the main wizard. I think Randy killed him. I don't know. I'll be honest with you, Greg. I didn't finish the game. <laughs> this is what happened, Greg, with, with me in video games. I stopped playing when I'm done. If I feel like I need to see credits to complete the game, I will. If I feel like I'm, my time with the game is done, I stop playing. And I just felt like I got to a point where I was like, I've, I've seen basically everything I need to see. I did not unlock the dragon form. That would have took some time of grinding. But like, I got into the rinse repeat of the combat. Like that's Again, the story is just not that's there. That's what you're going to do most. The, the combat is very repetitive. Um, I had a good time. I found my own little loop. I found my little things. I did some little side quests with some different people because you could join different guilds like Thieves Guild and like um, um, the Knights Guild. You can join different little things and do side quests for them. And like, th- there's definitely some really cool stuff I saw. Some dungeon crawls were fun. Um, I-, I did have a great time. I think it's a great game. Um, I just was, I was just done. You know what I mean? I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like I stopped having fun. It, it came to a natural end. I didn't feel like I stopped having fun just yet. But I feel like if I would have kept going, it would have just got too repetitive. I didn't, and, and just was like, I got like, uh, I think 11 or 12 hours in. And I was like, this is the game. I had a great time. I'm going to give it an 81 out of 100. I think it's a... That's still a pretty good score that, for... That's what I'm saying. I think if I kept playing, it might have gone down. And so if... if and, I, and there's a point to that. Maybe I'm being disingenuous with my rating, right? Maybe it should be lowered because... You couldn't finish it? Or even like, maybe I should have finished it and then gave it a lower score because that's, that's the actual penalty. But from my experience, what I played, I think it's a great game. I definitely recommend it. I understand why he recommended it to me. Um, it's, it's a great little dungeon crawler. It's going to be in my head for a while. I'm definitely going to think about it every time I swap form in any other game. And I think about it's like little isometric combat when I like play another game too. So, yeah, this, is, this is how to waste your time. No one said you had to finish your medium. Yeah. I mean, it, a lot of times it's expected. So sorry, Greg, if you expect me to finish it. But I don't think this is the kind of game finishing it would get me anything more out of it and that's that's my main reason for stopping it it's like i don't think by me seeing credits i'm going to get more out of this game it was like i got the most out of it that i could i had the most fun i could the magician was badass and i love spawning little minions i loved unlocking the zombie and so when my when my uh rabbits would kill someone they would be reanimated as zombies and they'd fight with my rabbits and my tigers that's crazy so because you can kind of mix and match like abilities so my magician had some of the zombies abilities as well so 
you know, you just, you find your own little things that, that work and make the game satisfying for you. And I like creating your own engine like that. So it's definitely something that I'm going to, it's going to last probably a longer impression in my brain. And I'm going to think back on it a lot. And especially when I play anything like a Diablo or anything that's like a dungeon crawler like that, I'm going to be like, Oh, do we have something like this where I can create like this kind of experience for me. Back to me now. It is. So finally, finally <laughs> your turn, right? You got board games. Board and Giz Ames. Um, shout out to uh, Chris Ethel. Big ups, um, Chris. Got your last name, brother. <laughs> got that last name in the books. Three Chris's this episode contributed to our time. The Chris cast. Um, this really, this goes out to all the Chris's. Um, truly. Um, got me to buy the game Galaxy Trucker. Yes. I'm grateful, dear. I was able to pick this one up i didn't have to contribute to my overwhelming <laughs> board, board game, game supply like i went to live he's like i could never like imagine myself an addiction and then there's just like a wall of board games next to your <laughs> next to your uh, hey, kitchen table. that's a hobby not an addiction <laughs> what the hell and I, i'll have you know at the bridal shower <laughs> hosted at my house there were a lot of compliments and my favorite one was "Ooh, i look I love a good board game night. That's that was my favorite. Didn't, didn't play a single board game. I love yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, for sure at the bra show, you you definitely wouldn't. But it just <laughs> it was, and it was all women, and so it was just great to hear like older women be like, "Oh wow, this this is great." And my wife would be like, "Yeah, that's his collection." And she's like, "Wow, okay, well, I love a good game night. I'll have to come over. Invite me to the next one." But at like sixty. Yeah, I'm like, uh. I'm not trying to say. You, You've aged out of these board games, but I just don't think our Venn diagram of what we like in board games is really there, but sure. Okay, so we're going to sit here for eight hours. <laughs> um, you're going to have to build your own engine and then uh, collect all the jewels as you can, and then we'll just score together at the end. Yeah, you got, you got that? You got the victory points, right? You got the... Yeah, you, know what you, little, you know what you're doing, right? Here's your cheat sheet. <laughs> it's two pages. Um, uh, I'll tell you the experience that I didn't have uh, like that, that would be Galaxy Trucker, brother. Kind of, kind of a banger. <laughs> kind of sick. Kind of brutal. If I'm, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, I think that's why he recommended it. Um, the brutality. So, so there's uh there's three levels of difficulty in this game. Um, we played on baby difficulty. Baby mode. Um, we played baby mode, and it was still uh still thrashed us up pretty good. I think it was just growing pains more than anything. Um, so the idea is, uh, you have a, a ton of tokens in front of you and, uh, basically a, a gridded out board in front of you, uh, to start this game and you build your, uh, galaxy truck, um, taking in mind, uh, where you're putting, you know, where you're putting your blasters, every, every, uh, where you're putting shields, um, you're drawing randomly and it, it was kind of the honor system that we broke together where it's like. Uh, I want to make a semi-decent ship before we play this for the first time um, kind of energy that we had together. Yeah, I mean, there's just two of us. We were just, me, me and you were playing it, and we're like, well, I it kinda, says if you don't take it, just leave it face up. So just flip everything and then just build what we need to build. Yeah, uh, and I, I think it was more of a decision like, hey, I want this first playthrough to go uh, somewhat good. So right. let's, let's not like make a dumb ship that's just not going to work. Um, but other than that, you, 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 you know, you take care of where you put your shield or you put your guns, where you put your, uh, uh, blasters at, where you put, uh, your engines at, 
Um, and then you, you take it out and you go across the galaxy collecting, uh, cargo, um, facing asteroid fields, uh, facing raiders. Um, it, it, it's kind of interesting that there's a deck to the side that basically you flip the card and see what event is currently happening to your ships, uh, whether it be independent or, uh, happening to your sh- ships, uh, simultaneously. Um, and yeah, man, you won, right? You run, if I'm not correct. Yeah. Kind of, kind of steadily, but I wasn't gonna bring that one up. <clears throat> yeah. It's, I, I like the game because it, it, it's theme was like compelling to me that like you got to transport things from point A to point B. Like you got to get through this like occurrences event deck and you got to basically bring, bring it home, sell your goods. And then like your, the currency that you have at the end of three rounds is supposedly like you, you're winning your, your, your final score. So to say, uh, we only played one round, uh, just, just the smallest mode. Uh, just because that's the introductory game is kind of set up that way. And it, it still took us like, like an hour and a half to two hours. Mm-hmm. We, we did take a little break. Um, but it's, it's a thick, it's a thick game that I think is only made quicker, probably on repeat times, just kind of, you know what you're looking for. You're just going to get through it quickly. We can resolve the, the action like occurrences a little bit quicker. Um, but it was just fun kind of flipping the card and seeing what's next and like seeing how we would resolve that with our ship from building our own ship. Like it, it definitely felt like our own baby that we had to. I got shredded in the asteroid field and, you know, got all your cargo mm-hmm. just like robbed under your nose. Mm-hmm. Um, was it, does, don't your little meeple like die or whatever? Yeah, we did lose some, some astronauts along um, the way. We, we didn't even play with the, apparently the first like introductory, you don't even play with the aliens. So we didn't even have the, the brown aliens to, <laughs> Build up our engines. Um, I, I, w- I won't repeat any of the same jokes that were uh, stated on that night about the brown aliens being mechanics, but... The game, it was, it was the way the game made. It was just a rule in the game, you know. It was literally a theme in the game, but... um, Keep this uh, short and sweet. I think Galaxy Trucker is a, a big 9-0. Love it. Love it. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to give it a 85. I think uh, it could definitely go up on, on replay. Um, it definitely has a lot of that value. Uh, it's, it's just fun. It's, it's kind of random. And it also just feels like it, it never really felt like, oh, I'm, I'm winning because I'm so much better than you at this game. It was like, oh, I just ran with the punches a little bit better. Like, oh, that roll yeah. was better for me. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, my, my shield is facing the right way. Nice, good for me. Yeah, it just it just was a oh th- oh this asteroid didn't detach of the far corner of my ship. Nice. Yeah, I I definitely feel like I I I built a couple things in a l- more of a lucky. St- I can't even say strategic. Ba- yeah, because it's based on rolls. I I can't even say it's strategic because because it, it is a grid based thing. So you roll but to determine where you're getting damage on your grid. Um, so I, I just got a little bit more lucky than you, and because of that, I ended up scoring. You know. I got like 15, you got like four, but that's yeah, yeah, mostly yeah. because I was able to carry cargo. I was able to like do a couple of things that you weren't able to do because I had the astronauts. I, I again, I, I wasn't even really sure what I was doing when I was building my ship, but now that we have that knowledge moving forward, I think it'll make the game even more competitive. 
Yeah, I, I think it's just straight to the top of my list when someone comes over like, hey, do you want to play Galaxy Trucker? It's real easy. I'll teach to you. Your ship's going to be trash, but I'll, I'll give you some pointers. Crash it. Refreshing. And refreshing indeed is what we hope this is. Welcome to the How to Waste Your Carbonation segment of this anniversary episode. This one is brought to you by wife of the show, Stephanie Hens. Uh She gave, found some special release Jones soda. I do love a good Jones soda. Um, but the special release, it says hatch chili and lime flavor. So I'm hoping the lime is a little bit heavier than the hatch chili. It does say very mild on it, though. I also, um, reading the ingredients, uh, it just says natural flavors. Okay. So, I imagine the lime, I mean, I guess the lime, I guess that means that the lime is, it's a naturally flavored lime flavor, not a fake lime. I will say the pictures that we have on our individual bottles are, um, I have a luchador. Wearing um, maybe like a gi with like his hands outreached, like he's gonna grab you and put you in like a um, suplex or something. And what do you have on your Jones bottle? Um, I have a black and white cat. Um, I don't know what makes a, a tuxedo cat a tuxedo cat. I guess if that's if it looks like they're wearing a black jacket. Mm-hmm. This is not that. It's just a, a white and black cat. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a little uh, festive sombrero. So we we kind of have like a, a Mexican theme going on here with the sombrero and luchador. So I wonder if he probably speaks Spanish if he's wearing a sombrero. Naturally, he's a gato. Gato. All right, here we go. We're gonna give it a little bit of a twist off here. Nice. Get a couple pops in there. Those were punchy, dude. Oh, oh, that smell! Holy hell! I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. It smells like you opened up a bag holding a bell pepper. And Bro, it, and it's just it's like one to one. That is a bell pepper. It does not even smell like soda, dude. Yeah, that's crazy. But it, there is a lot of sugar in here. It's 25 grams of sugar. So, hopefully it, it smells like uh Fritos jalapeno bean dip. Oh, now now I'm kind of getting that, but I really it's a bell pepper. Okay, so I'll let D-Red take the first step, be, be my guest. Uh, the color, by the way, is green. It's like a neon green. It's a real bright, it's got some decent carbonation. Uh, Steph kind of got this almost as like a gag for us. Because um, uh, there's no way you're thinking that this is a good carbonation. You're not, you're not treating yourself to this one. Go ahead, D-Red. What's, what's your initial thoughts? I'll take my swig. Um, being uh, that the smell was so strong right off the pop, the smell kind of, smell definitely died down. That initial, I would say buy the soda just for that initial pop and smell, dude. Like, it was crazy. Um, Taste-wise, like, it is it is mild, I guess. It's mildly spicy. Um, The taste is kind of mild. There's definitely more pepper than there is uh, lime, unfortunately. Uh, Molden just put the cap back on. Yeah, I'm putting that one away. Because uh, he's not revisiting that. Um, that's so interesting. The worst soda I've ever had, like like gag soda, not uh-huh. like yeah, yeah, yeah. Fake any soda. type of brand. Um, was a a bacon soda. Oh, okay. That I think I got from Rocket Fizz. Yeah, yeah. This is definitely like a gag soda. Like, yeah, because no one's just drinking this. 
No it, one's just drinking no, this. No, nobody's drinking this. This is a gag soda. It it tastes dirty. Like it tastes like earthy. Like like I, I'm telling you, like a bell pepper. Like it you're crunching yeah. you're yeah. crunching into like an actual bell pepper. And Even the sweetness is kind of like on the level of like what a green bell pepper would taste like. Yeah, that is uh that is not good. That is it, it definitely has like the carbonation and it has like like I said, twenty five grams of sugar. They're really trying to balance it out, but man, that's yeah. that's a that is a crazy, crazy like I've never smelt something that it smells like dirt. Dirt and Yeah. And well, what I was saying bell before peppers. that that bacon soda. Um, I think it was, it was like legitimately flavored with like bacon grease and just to get the taste as close to bacon as possible. And that was like terrible. That was like gag immediately. This isn't gag. Yeah. No, this is like, I find it very interesting how close they made it taste to a pepper. Yeah. I mean, somebody, there has to be a market for this though. Like people who like love that, like crunchy cause cause when you crunch into an actual I like, like, I like a raw bell pepper, that's what I'm saying. When you crunch into a raw bell pepper, it's 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 pretty watery, right? It's kind of it has like a crunch, like there's some juices there coming out, and, and this is kind of similar to that. Yeah, it really is like you blended it up and strained it out and then carbonated it. Yeah, ratings. I'll let you start. I don't want to influence your rating. It's it's difficult because it's not a soda flavor, so I don't like it because I'm drinking soda, but it. It's also not like terrible. It could be like, like you know how like that aloe water is, or like the, yeah, the yeah, aloe yeah. drink. It could be something like that, just not carbonated, right? It could be in yeah, that world. Absolutely. I, I would probably just say like a sixty-eight. Like wow. it's it's not soda. Fine. But it's not like offensive. It's just it. It's actually more interesting than it is offensive. I find it more just like tasting it is interesting. Uh, I'm gonna give it a thirty-eight. Um, I think. So my, my lowest rating on bad is 40. Anything less than bad, I'm going to give it a new word. So uh, less than bad, I, I would say awful. I think it's like, it's like awful the bad. Like it's in that range to me. So like 38 to mm. 40, but, I, but I'm going to stick with my 38 for right now. I, I took my sips and I'm just like, it just tastes, like I said, like dirt. It's not, not good. It's more than just like a bad bad drink. Like I've had bad beverages. I've had like flat sodas. I've had things that are bad, but this was just like, Awful again, and it's not offensive. I think offen- I'll reserve offensive for like sub twenty. Yeah, like ten, twelve out of a hundred, like uh, like, like fourteen. It, that's yeah. that's offensive. Like it pained me, or it hurt me, or I right. gagged. I think is like sub twenty. Yeah, which would I think I give I famously gave in our um, wasties award show. I gave um, that champagne. I think I gave it like a fifteen because it like offended my body when it went in. So this isn't Definitely. like to that level. I'm not like my whole body's not reacting to it like that. It's just like, mm, just, just awful. Uh, and then anything less than 10, I would say is like, should have never been made an atrocity to like, yeah. which is like a rare, you know, I don't try to give those ratings out. I don't, nothing is really that bad. Uh, my cap says, don't be a Richard. Don't be a Richard. That, um, a little cheeky. Mine says, I think live in harmony. Is it upside down? Yeah, it is upside down for me. Live in harmony. Um, on my hard hat, I have the other version of this saying on a sticker, which is just "Don't be a dick." Ah, now it's great. It's a great hard hat sticker. Yeah, this is yes. a great saying. So I, I, I resonate with this. With Don't this be cap. Richard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm glad this one worked out for you. I and I, 
And I'm I not drinking of, all of it. That's for sure, though. No, yeah, but I you keep did, coming back to it. This is interesting. You went, you went back to it. It is interesting. It is awfully interesting. Awful. Awfully. Interesting. I feel the heat more in my like chest and throat, and more than I do on my tongue. I wish it was like a more tongue forward heat. I think that would make it even more interesting. Back at it with comics. Big here. Big Rye. Big Rye. Um, comics was freaking sick this month, dude. Freaking sick, bro. Um, it would be a Preston Wilkie. What up, Preston? Big press. Big putting press. the pressure on us. Big um, trust. Uh, gave me uh the vision. I don't know if it has any other. Tom King's. Tom King's the vision. vision. Yep. Tom King's vision. Um, freaking sick, dude. Um, obviously the, the best part about vision, uh, is he's like a, a full sentient AI cyborg man. Um, and all of his comics are basically like, uh, him trying to be human him relating to humans. Um, and then, and this one specifically, it extends it to, uh, his vision wife. Uh, would it be, was it Vivian? think so that sounds about right to me and then um his son and daughter uh i want to say uh vin for i guess uh vinny yeah i think one of them's v as well um and then yeah they had like shortened shorthand names i forget it already already gone already gone out of my head i read it and it was out of my head gone didn't take any of it with me um so it 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 extends that uh humanity to his extended vision uh extended ai family um especially focusing on the two children going to high school um there's a a big uh argument between um vision and his wife about how um in order for uh, the the children to grow up normal they need to go to public school um, which I, I guess is a great, I, I think a lot of people think of vision as a weapon cause he was designed by Tony Stark. Right. Um, so it's like the counter Ultron famously. Yeah. So I guess it, I guess that's a good idea to send these, uh, little, uh, preteen teen, um, military weapons into a public school. Um, that's not my feelings. That's like kind of the theme of the comic, I guess. Right. Naturally. Um, but I, I think I've always felt this way. It's, it's like vision story is like better than Superman story. Yeah. Like, Cause that's like a good comparison. Superman is similar where he's like, obviously he's an alien and he has all this power and all he does is try to relate to humans. Right. And become human. That's what the character Clark Kent is. That's what, how he views humans. Right. Meek. You know, he puts his glasses on. He tries to be like bad vision. In. Yes, um, a journalist. He thinks all humans are journalists. <laughs> yes, all humans are interested in breaking news. <laughs> um, no, but it, it, vision. I think it just it does it so much more. Um, what's the word? Uh, effectively. Effectively, like slyly, um, conveys it more subtly. Yeah, more subtly not heavy-handed it's not like 
I'll save this cat from a tree and then the the human child would be happy. Um, it's more like his daughter being in a like human relationship and like going through that. And then like his son, like being like bullied, you know, like, like most human children in public school. Um, but like overall it's just sick, bro. Just freaking sick. Um, it has a, has a great, uh, hard book cover that I feel like I should like get tatted on me. Like it's so sick. Um, as soon as you pop the dust cover off, it's like, it's like truly ready for, um, display. So our boy, um, top, top three comic book artists of all time, Mike Del Mundo did, um, most of the covers. You can see which ones aren't his, but like 90% of the vision as single issue comics are his art. And he has a very specific way of doing his like water, like colors. Um, and so he contributed a lot to almost like the vibe of just when you look at a cover of a comic, it, it kind of invites you to comprehend what's going on. Mm-hmm. When it's a variant cover, you kind of understand, okay, this is someone else's take on it. But when it's the official release cover of a comic, you, you kind of understand the tone right from the front. Like It has to, yeah, usually the, the issue art relates to the somewhat to the art inside. Uh, or at least they're like tied together, um, but yeah, our our boy Mike Del Mundo is freaking sick. Um, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what else to say because I kind of like it, it. It's more of just like you got it, it's a top tier comic, bro. You got to read it. Is. it. Everything Tom King does is incredible. His his run on Batman, Mister Miracle, everything that he touches is is amazing. He's he's a great great. Um, writer and uh i need to read he he won a um eisner which is like the comic book equivalent of like an oscar he won an eisner this year for his run on a uh short story about uh the riddler it's like a batman riddler story Mm. um and i didn't mean to get my hands on that because i bet you that it's also a masterpiece he's just a fantastic writer um just to round it out real quick um my mouth tastes like uh, peppers I hated my burp. I've just burped a little bit, like a silent burp, and it was, I was not happy at all. It's pretty, it's pretty aggressive. It is like I chewed on like chips or something. Um, but this comic book is a is a Grady eighty eight. Love it, love it. Um, yeah, man, it's 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 like a must read. It, I mean, to go to like the actual physical art. I mean, it's, um, it it, it is kind of different than most other. Like Marvels, like just because it's based in like, um, uh, what is it, West Point, Virginia? Because um, Vision works, or no, it's based in DC. Did did you Washington um, DC? Did no, I mean I don't I don't love the art of the actual inside. I don't think it's like I think at times I think maybe whoever did the ink of it was a little bit too harsh at times. Like I don't know. Just, just some of the, like single shots of the Vision family just feel like, a little too dynamic and more like more brooding and not quite as inviting as Mike Del Mundo's like cover. I wish Mike Del Mundo did all the art for this and not just the covers. <laughs> I would, I would love a full, Mike Del Mundo comic. I'll give you my uh, Thor. He's got a run on Thor and Weird oh, nice, World, nice. and they're masterpieces. Like it's great, great, great. Yeah, go to the fighting. I think the fighting I enjoyed. Oh, I loved Vision in a suit, bro. Vision in a suit <sighs> is clean. Oh, dude. Did you watch um WandaVision? Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. 
So you can see how this is definitely draws, uh, WandaVision definitely draws a lot from Tom King's run as far as like being yeah. in that suburban lifestyle. Obviously, he doesn't have the, the AI children like he does here, but he does have kids yeah, he in is. WandaVision. And they're not real, kind of like they're not real here either. Yeah. So there's some parallels for, for sure between them. Yeah, Vision in a suit, bro. He looks just clean, bro. It's like uh, the Luchadoran suit that I'm in love with. It's very very similar kind of um, ideals. Yeah. Um, I, I can see what you're saying. They're definitely... It's kind of like they focused on... They, they definitely wanted a different take because like, I, I love Vision's like base colors. Like a super like scarlet deep red. Yes. And then this one is kind of like it's kind of everything's like a little what it's almost like it's it was inked and then it was like washed over. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's weird, almost like blotchy at times. Like just don't love the stylistic choice that they made for like some of the inks and just how like smeared like some some of like the darker it, colors look. Yeah, it is just kind of like a like shadowing was just like smearing, but. But it goes to show Tom King's a fantastic writer. He carries any kind of art. So, like, the art really doesn't matter here. And it's, like, it's serviceable art. Serviceable Marvel art. It's not yeah, Greg Smallwood say, incredible or Mike Del Mundo incredible. But it, it's serviceable for a great story. Yeah. I would say consistent, too. Like, it's, it is at least, like, very consistent. It looks like that way through the entire Correct. thing. Like, Correct. nothing looks out of place. They definitely built a world with the art style, which is cool. Um, but Vision in a suit, bro. Brady 88. Love it, bro. I'm, I'm right there with you with 88, man. The father-son podcasting microphone. It just has to get you through three awkward years before you can both start drinking together. All right, last of the, the back-to-back-to-back, and also last of the Chris's, completing our Chris trifecta, uh, we got podcasts. Uh, D-Rye, what did you listen to? Um, uh, if anyone else tries to research this podcast... Um, the title is level with Emily Reese. So don't just try to search level because there's like, you'll get like 20 different, um, different podcasts that just, uh, make no sense. Um, the title is with Emily Reese. Yeah. You might end up suddenly upon level zero <laughs> Preston Wilkie and Greg Griffith podcast. That, that might be a disaster. Um, this comes at us from Chris Barlett. Um, it, it was almost unfortunate that I got this one because like it, it's a, it's, it, it's a podcast based around um, Emily, Emily Reese interviewing people who have worked on or worked around uh, video game music. And it, and it seemed like 90% of the people she talked to are games that I'd never played and never heard the music for, mm. which was, which was tough for me. Cause did, I was just like, did you just try to find games that you recognized? Yes. That's how I started. Um, so I listened, the first one I listened to was It Takes Two. Nice. Um, uh, I went to Bloodborne, but, uh, the Bloodborne episode, I'll, I'll swing back to that. Um, and then I went to like Death Stranding and then also South of the Circle, which is like a mobile game I played. Um, other than that, like I, it was, I, I think I just got overwhelmed and just started playing random episodes. Gotcha. Um, just so I can get like bits and pe- pieces of like different music and her talking to different people. Right. Nice. Um, but the It Take Two episode was definitely a banger. Probably one of my fave. I mean, that's a great soundtrack. It's so like atmospheric and like 
really goes off the tone of their relationship and what they're talking about at the time and then kind of even sometimes contrasting with what they're what they're fighting and just kind of it you melt away into the world yeah that I, they create around it I, I loved him describing he was like this is like a super tall order because it is really you know like 12 different games in one right because not only is each like setting different which would uh constitute a change in music but like the gameplay is different you're doing different things right um so that like contributes to the sound so much because like there's other levels that were like um like a little like you know the ice town you walk around and there's not a ton of action in the yeah the snow globe yeah there's not like you're not really doing anything that's like gamey like maybe you're skating around or riding around but you're really just you're just interacting with your environment and then there's other ones that are like um, this is, you know, you're sieging a tower or, um, the bees and you're in the hive and it's like a pure action game at that point, like a third person action shooter. You gotta fight the squirrel. And that all like dictates the music so much. So it was very entertaining to like hear him talk about that. Um, uh, swinging back to Bloodborne, this is like a weird community that I've known of, but like, I, I want to get deeper into and it's like, um, re imagined video game music i guess not not exactly like sampled um but there's like this guy won awards with his um bloodborne metal album Mm. so he takes the music from bloodborne and then um basically redubs it Uh, he's playing it himself again but with it um recomposed into metal music that's respectable. I thought you you were gonna compare it to um the people who create who like do tribute songs, um in using a video game soundboard. So you'll hear like Californication with the Super Mario no, no, sixty four no, no. soundboard. Yeah, so it it's his original composed work based right. off of the music from Bloodborne. That's respectable. And and they were talking about they were like both her, Emily Reese and him were like at the convention. Like, it's a whole separate convention away from video games, just talking about, like, music and stuff in video games and how he, like, won album of the year at this place. And, it, like, it, it's such a, like, I just got the taste of it. Like, it's it's such a deep community. And then I went out to his, I think it was, like, SoundCloud or something like that and, like, listened to the album. And it's, like, a really freaking sick, deep album. Um, And he ended up, like, he said he was trying to compose it around like you were like around the protagonist and around the fights. Cause that's how the music is based in the game. And it kind of just came out pretty sick. And I, I understand how like this community is like really huge. Um, other than that, like the other episode that I really liked was the episode for uh death stranding. Um, Cause there's like, it's almost like not even music in death stranding. There's not like a, there's a central theme. Yeah, there's a band that plays, like, I think it's, like, Low Tide or something like that. There's, like, there is, like, a band that plays, like, licensed tracks, but uh, everything else is, like, not really music past, like, the actual licensed music that's playing on top of certain scenes. Yeah, it, but that's, like, just the music that's in cutscenes, you know what I mean? This is, we're talking about, like, the 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 action music and the ambient music and everything like that and how it was made with like uh oil drums and him the original composer assistant like he was hitting a a 
a vertical piano, like a piano, they tilted a piano on its side and hit it with a rubber mallet, hit the strings with a rubber mallet to get, um, to sample certain sounds and then put those sounds organized onto a keyboard to make the score. Like it, it, it's really crazy. It's really in depth. Um, Emily Reese is kind of a fire interviewer. Um, her voice is, is smooth. Dog. She is, she is very NPR. Like she's got a great, like radio voice but, for, but not like boring or annoying no 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 I, I meant just like very professional radio voice and like really soothing and easy to listen to like interviewer yeah so uh it, i think it it is worth it if you want to go and see if um any of your favorite games are on the list um but i'm, I'm dropping the big 80 the big 80 grady um i really the only thing that hurt me is i i don't play enough video games I think, um, other than that, like every episode of the video game I did play, it like really gave me a deep, deep like peek into their world. Cause it, it, it is with someone that worked on the music. Low roar is the name of the band I was thinking of that's uh, featured in death stranding. They are during cutscenes, but then when the cutscenes cut into actual gameplay, you're still hearing low roar play some of their songs. So that does create for some good moments, but yes, I, I, agree with you it is very atmospheric game and i'm glad you enjoyed the podcast bro i'm glad you got something out of that on that note we're moving on to the music this one is uh brought to you by shocker Travis McGahey of Draft Punk's fame. Thank you, Travis. Um, thank you. We, we love talking music. He's got a very um, unique taste in music. We have some overlap, and we have some music that doesn't overlap. This one I definitely think is an overlap. I, I'm interested to hear what his rating would be of this album. Um, I think this album, it, it is uh, Eternal Champ by Sweet Valley. It was released in 2012. It, it features a lot of samples from video games which is a really cool um, thing. I mean, we both share that love of video games, so I think he, would, he knows I'd appreciate a lot of the little um, Easter eggs, I guess you would say. Um, but the entire album is um, electric. It's all done electronically. It's, there's no like real instrument. instrumental. Yeah, all electronic instrumentals, nothing like live, nothing recorded. It's all just samples dubbed with electric instruments. Um, it's uh, it's a cool album. Um, I think I'm gonna first play for you guys the uh, the intro uh, song, um, the very first song in the entire uh, album. It's titled One. It's a very good um, f- like foray into what you're gonna get into. Uh, it features a lot of Legend of Zelda's um, little sound cues and audio sound effects um, that have been used in other songs too. It's not like the first time it's ever been done, but it's. It's an interesting uh, push and pull, some good crescendo, a lot of different like volume changes, some cool stuff. So um, I'm going to play for you probably about 45 seconds of it, uh, let you guys know uh, what we're talking about at home, and then we'll get back to it. So this is One by Sweet Valley. I got three cars. I got money in my pocket. Everything I want. But you, how old are you? 17. I feel like I'm too hard to die, man. Yeah. 
that was one by Sweet Valley. Dirai, what did you think of one by Sweet Valley? This is your second time hearing it now. Um, I never owned a GameCube. I still never owned a GameCube. Um, I gotta buy you one. You want you want buy me a GameCube? Yeah, bro. Next birthday, I'll buy you a GameCube. <laughs> Can I get a GameCube for my birthday? I could see what Santa bringing down your chimney. Um, but the, I think it was maybe a handful of times. I heard that Twilight Princess opening. Um, and it, it, that's like thick, thick nostalgia. Epona. Hooves, who's who, the hooves clapping on, mm. on the on the ground. Just waiting for you to press A, bro. As you're trotting along. I, I think I should use that to like fall asleep, honestly. We're currently using a four sounds anyway. Interesting. Um, let me get a 10-hour loop of that intro. What would you think of the actual uh, beat and composure? And- oh, it's, it's sick, dude. It, it, I think that one, when I heard it first, I was like, it, it came off like, oh, is this album going to be hip-hoppy? Right. Um, which is not like a dis- disappointing that the you know parts of the other album weren't hip-hoppy. It's more just electrical, um, electronic. Um, but the opening is strong, dude. Yeah. It is really strong. That's a great track. Um, I think uh, the, my biggest complaint about the whole album is a lot of it becomes, I think it becomes like trap. Like a lot of it becomes like trap with like the hi hats and a lot mm. of like the, the repeating type of music that's like. And the, just the melody is what is sampled from a video game. Right. And then it's just your electronic like trap. Like anybody can trap up a, 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 a beautiful melody right and don't get me wrong i love samples i'm a i'm a big big defender of samples i feel like uh sampling is the music equivalent of recycling um i can i understand when somebody does a poor sample and it's um uncreative because it's just the song again right so i think of like anaconda by Nicki minaj that's just um sir mix a lot yeah baby got back one to one she doesn't really there's very very minimal change um, and so it's like, oh, that song is so catchy because Baby Got Back is so catchy, not because Anaconda's doing anything original. But when you're able to, to take something that's like a sample from something else and then make it like way, way more interesting or give it a new perspective or give, give it some layers on top of it, and, and like that's what this album mostly does. Like, um, I, I love, uh, we just listened to Golden Gauntlet. Like, that's a really good uh, track near the end of the album. Um, it, there's a lot of different layers there and a lot of different, um, I like using um, sampling and um, when it's just like out of context movie quotes. Um, Midwest Emo does that a lot where they'll, they'll just take like a, a TV show quote or something and they just throw it on top of some like sick guitar riff. And it just kind of sets the tone or vibe. We, we love a good monologue here and uh, so does um, uh, Sweet Valley. They love, they love their monologues. Yeah, I mean, I, I've listened to like two thirds of the album. Um, great, great chore music. That's what I was using it for. Um, you know, pushing the old broomstick around, little Cinderella moment. Um, <laughs> you like that? Yes. Keep going. Don't let my laugh interrupt um, you. Yeah. So I mean, in the back of my head, I, I I love music for this. This is this is like what I use. You know, fifty percent of the time I'm listening to music is because I'm doing something else. Um. It, it it just fit it, it fit the spot nicely and then when you like when you recognize the sample that's what that's the cherry on top it's like oh that was tasty 
I like what they did with that. I like what they did with this. But like like you said, the only people like talking over the album is obscure, semi obscure like movie or like voices or like just just something from clearly from television or movies that it, I don't know how much it fits, how well it fits. I'll probably have to give it a more listens, but I think. Did you rate it already? I don't want to rate it before you. I'm I'm gonna give it an eighty. Um, I think it's a great album. Um, a lot of the, the like the best the best parts of it reminds me of Wu Tang, where you have these very obscure like, um, seventies Chinese uh, um kung fu films that are either dubbed over in English and then you throw those quotes in, or like they would never were released in in China and they're only brought to America, so they've got some weird like, um, like not fully developed like language barrier but it still gets thrown on top of some like really sick beats and you're never quite sure what the actual context is but just the sample itself brings power that's where i think like this album shines it's like it's creative and clever use of sampling once it kind of gets into like rote trap or electronic music i it loses me a little bit but i still think it's a great album it's very creative and i'm definitely going to listen to more of what sweet valley has to offer because so far i've just listened to this i know that that's what i was i i think i'm probably around the 82 but they have like this is from 2012 and they've been making like steady what is it like two releases a year one release a year yeah they have, a, they have, they a have an album called sweet serene or so serene sorry so serene and, and, and it stars like it, it's like a morphed melting wax uh version of batman and robin like 1960 uh, yeah. batman and robin <laughs> yeah so they got some cool album art i'm definitely gonna listen to some more of their stuff and see what i can uh what what I can find that uh, really resonates with me? Maybe throw it on a hand of holding playlist. Huh? How about that? Maybe maybe we we'll get a little shout out, dude. Um, but yeah, I think it was cool. Um, I would love to uh, see what like a talented lyricist did to these songs. That'd be crazy, right? Um, if I compare them to the Avalanches, is my favorite mm. uh sample band, pirate yes. sample band, similar. Um. They're, uh, I would say pretty close. Like it, it still gets me in the same way, but I think Avalanches uses like, uh, samples of people singing, um, a lot better. And especially like incorporating the music. I think that's where I would like to see the rest of their library goes. Like if they could put someone singing and maybe it's a, a video game sample behind it and then still keep the trap in the, the hi hats, I think it would be, I think they could have some. 85, 88 albums. Did you already rate this one? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on an 80. All right, brother. Final stretch here. We're, we're doing the wickety, wickety waste cap, bro. What did you consume from the waste cap backlog? Um, because it's a waste cap, I didn't finish the game. Naturally. 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 And didn't we talk about speedrunning this game? Didn't we cover that? <laughs> um, I should, I mean, anytime you say, uh, this is where my mind goes and says blank game speedrun blank. You know what I mean? I just want to look it up, but I never do. You know what I mean? I want to look it up in, in the world record on the website, like who has the time and then I go search that person on YouTube to see if they have the time uploaded. But I just never do. 
Do you want me to get you the, while we're ta- while you go on? Do you want me to get you what the give me the world record? Give me I'll get you the world record. record. Okay, go ahead um, and give, give your analysis and review of of um, what game. This is this is Pokemon Violet. Violet, bro. And what's your let's give me your history of Pokemon a little bit, and uh, let's even go with the, when's the last Pokemon game you played? Um, that's what I want to look up as well. Um, but my my previous history with uh, Pokemon is is not favorable. Interesting. Uh, I've been I've been in and out of the Mon games, um, sporadically. Um, I I I do like you know I like my classics. I like my gold. I like my red. Um, who doesn't? Um, but I think I like communist. I think I like them because of nostalgia purposes. Um, because I played them on my little Game Boy, and I was a little Game Boy freak, and I would play it in the back of the car and get uh ripping headaches because um uh my parents never took me to the eye doctor um <laughs> all right bro this isn't the venting space my bro. bad my bad, my bad how to waste bad. your time come on how to waste my time how to waste my time um, so the world record for the english version of pokemon scarlet violet any percentage so this is this this is just like getting the end credits i think is five hours and 23 minutes Five hours and twenty. Okay, that's that's speeding through it, bro. Um, here this will be my first uh, complaint of the game. One hour of that, for sure, is him speed clicking through dialogue. Yeah, yeah. The the it's a rough intro. It, it is tough, bro. It is tough. I had to have set my like pressed the sleep button and set my uh switch down twenty times in that intro. Oh and, no! And I was just like, man. It is, I know I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to do like one battle or like one thing and then talk to like 10 people. Yeah. It's it getting, just getting past the school. Cause that's, that's such a big area just to get past the Academy. And then once you get past the Academy, the game opens up and it starts, but just getting past the Academy, it isn't, it is not a gripping intro. I will, I will give you that much. I do remember my experience with that. And that's why I, it took me several months to beat that game. Um, the last ones I played were, um, I think Evie and oh, let's go Evie. Let's go Pikachu. Yeah, let's go Eevee, and I think I played, um... Did you play, like, Black and White? Sun and Moon? I think I played Sun and Moon a little bit. Okay. But those were, like, I pick them up, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of like a run-of-the-mill Pokemon game. I'm not going to play it again. Okay. Um, This, on the other hand, I actually... I, I want to say I got, like... I get, like I, we, we get past the school where I have Thank to you. move room to room and just talk to one person... And I find I got to where it just opens up. Yeah, like, you never have to go back to that school. Yeah, thank, thank goodness. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. And then it just opens up, and it's like, here are the titans. Go to this area, or here are the gyms. Go yeah. to this area. That's where pff, the game chef kisses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Chef freaking kisses. Chef, chef smooch on the lips. Um, I got a, I got a fat Psyduck, bro, and we're just, we're just running through. I, I think I kind of. Um, I kind of want to run through the Titans first. You started with Quaxley? Is that what you're trying to say with your Psyduck? Or did you actually get a Psyduck? No, I got a Psyduck. Who was your um, starter Pokemon? The Crocodile. Of course. Foy Coco. Yeah. You got to get Foy Coco. You got to get Foy Coco. He's the best. Bro, come on. Uh, it, in, in respect to my, uh, Kato, that was, uh, uh, Sombrero, my hot croc is, his, is his good nickname. Um, he now, he also is rocking the Sombrero. Um, and then, uh, like, it was like, 
hot crock, my my sly duck, and then I don't know where I got this Pokemon, um, but it's like a ghost in a little chest. It's like gimme 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 ghoul, gimme ghoul. Okay, um, bro, I was there was the um the crab. What's the big crab? Cloth. Cloth, bro, gimme ghoul carried me, bro, mm. and it's like a level nine like goofy ass like not supposed to be in a battle yet gimme ghoul but cloth would miss everything on it right maybe he hit him once and then it would like reset me and i have to go back but it it absolutely carried me right because you know that normal moves don't attack don't hit ghost moves right or ghost type pokemon yeah and i was like that's that's where i think i fell in love with the game because i'm like oh now i'm having fun baby Mm -hmm. now i'm beating up this croc and it's like Anything else I would throw at it, any other Pokemon that I'd throw in front of it, he would, like, one-hit kill it. But my, my gimme ghoul carried me through that battle, and then I was like, I'm in. I'm in. I'm going to take... I'll probably finish the game. This okay. is probably the first Pokemon I'll I'll probably try to pick up and finish in a, in a minute, in yeah. a long, long time. I mean, it's worth it. It honestly is. Like, the, the story is actually, like, the best writing they've had in Pokemon in a long time. Um... Next uh, best thing I could say about the game is um, don't give me anything 2D top down ever again. Ever again. Don't don't show up to me. I have a Switch for a reason. There's a lot of processing power on that Switch. Give me this 3D. Give me moving through the land on a little. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like, why, uh, why am I still, you know, walking through a little grid when I can be this? When I can be doing wheelies on a motorcycle through you know, pallet town, you know what I mean? Why, why ever would a Pokemon game look like a, a top down piece of garbage ever again? Um, well, uh, some people will defend that the 2d games, the sprite based games look better than, than this game. And, and you do have mouth of gas right now, but it's just a um, preference. Cause I think I, at times, I mean, I, I like actually for the most part, those, I think those should be the mobile games that Pokemon has like three a year. Those should be the mobile. It's true. Pokemon does have some garbage ass mobile games that nobody knows about. Um, but top, I, I think there, there, there's a need or a want for maybe getting a 2D game again, just for a smaller, like more tight experience. I'd be happy to get because I think when the Pokemon went from sprite to 3D, they lost a lot of their personality and a lot of color. If you take a look at like the colors are real muted in the 3D space. So I think from a from a sprite based i think i like sprite based pokemon more than i like 3d pokemon obviously some we've only ever seen 3d because they've only been around since the 3d change but um i i get what you're saying where it is a lot more like to have the open world especially now that this game there's no random encounters like that's an awesome thing that yeah, you just, just walk I'm just up zooming past them you can just zoom in past you, you yeah. don't if you don't need to make contact with Pokemon, you don't have to so that is a nice feature of the game. um the other feature i liked was uh, sending my lead pokemon off to just farm Mm, yeah, just kind of get your XP. It, yeah, it, it doesn't have crazy returns, but it, it is like a, an option. You can but do. when I'm passively like driving from one place to another, it is worth it. That's gotcha. what makes it worth it. You know what I mean? Because if I, like, if I had to do that based on random encounters, right, that would take me maybe I want to say like five to ten minutes. You know what I mean? Right, right. Just going yeah. through each random encounter, and it's like, oh, I got to level this before I get there. I want to level this up. I want this person to learn this move. You know what I mean? I get that. Whereas this, it's like maybe cuts it down to one or two minutes where I'm just like, go fight that piece of garbage. Go fight that piece of garbage. It's over in 30 seconds. It's all procedurally generated. Like I don't even see it. I don't even need to see it. I like the little 
uh, dust cloud of the two. Like it, it is like a, it, it it's like if a Pokemon battle is like a, a gentleman's agreement duel, the, the sending my Pokemon out just to do a random fight is like a, a backyard alley scrap. <laughs> um, Bring out the bat. Yeah. Like they're just, they're not even using their moves anymore. They're literally like scrapping and biting and pulling each other's hair. Like I, I love imagining that. And then the fact that it gets me just enough XP so I can get the few next levels to get to the next thing, it's totally worth it. And it needs to be in all Pokemon games, really. If I wanted to see that Pokemon in battle, I could. Facts. That's fair. I'm glad you like that feature. I think when I was on the God Rank Mall podcast with uh, Rance the Bell, who um, gave you this game, and Chris Bartlett, uh, who gave our podcast, I think uh, we all, we, we kind of came to the mutual agreement that we did not use that feature. So. That's like, crazy. Just not a ton. So, and I, but I have known people who did love that feature, and you feel like it's a critical feature now. So I'm glad, you, as a not really like a Pokemon player, that was useful to you. It just, I, I think, um, the the people who are like really love and die hard like Pokemon guys don't mind like walking through grass and leveling up their guys, you know, leveling up their team. It, and it's not like I hate that feature too, but it it just takes away from a lot of like actually like like you said like playing through the story or you know just getting through kind of the the game cycle of like oh i want this to evolve i want this to evolve but like that takes time it takes time of playing the game away from the game so you said um you started with the cloth titan battle right yeah so it's a it's the map's a circle right spain so you that means you started going east right c okay did you do any gym battles um no i I think i want to run through the titans okay and because i think that is i i think that's not the main story that's like a sub story it's there's like basically like three main stories but it's it's one of the, it's one of the three main stories yeah i think that's going to be more entertaining for me it, it is the probably the best writing wise okay because you have the gym battles you have the titans and then you have also have the star bases the star, yeah. yeah for team star so the 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 titan battles and the team star bases are the two storylines that are the that are the most developed just the actual like fighting the champion and like going through rival like that storyline is it's kind of underdeveloped mm. in comparison to the other two being like more in depth uh, i do wish um i do wish there was like we mentioned in, in the gotta rank them all um, episode spoiler cast i wish there was voice acting especially as you get later on there's some like really like important emotional moments that you just have to read in text and it's like, if there was voice acting here, there'd be so much more emotion. And like, there's things being said in one area where it's like, it's going on because you're with a group of people. It's going on while you're running. So you have to have to like stop and read it if you want to read it. Otherwise you'll miss it because you're focusing on actually running around. I think, um, so I, there's like three parts of like Pokemon fandom. You know what I mean? There's games and those people will just always love and play and buy uh, the Nintendo games. Me. Um, then there's card people, and those card yes. people um, will, are freaks. They're just dirty little freaks. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm dirty looking at you, freaks. Michael. And and they just want they just want little shiny pieces of cardboard, which is fine. Which is totally fine. <laughs> if you want to spend money on little pieces of cardboard and then just not sell them, which is also weird. Like, why are you collecting them if you're not gonna like trade them and sell them? Besides the point, they're gonna stay in their own lane as they well. They increase in value. I think I'm in the third camp where I I probably fell most in love with the movie 
in the anime. Okay, sure. And like, I feel like us as a people, as a as a group, like don't really know where to go. As far as like, I'd love to play the games. Would you like to watch the new anime? I don't really like the new anime. What if I there's a new new one for this like region that's starting up? Like, would you watch that? I, I would watch that. Yeah. I should I should probably watch it if I like this game. Yeah, for the Paldea region. Um, there I, there's not there's only so many times I can go back and watch a Pokemon movie, or like uh, I don't know, none of the sometimes they have I guess they have cards that relate to the anime closer to like right cards with like the actual characters on them. I I think we're we're definitely the middle child. You know what I mean? Definitely middle child identity because we get the, like the least amount of stuff. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I just don't know where we Our fit. Christmases are the worst. That's what I'm saying. We, I, I don't know where we fit in the world of Pokemon anymore. Hey man, that's a good point. I've never thought about it like that. Um, so at least I would say Pokemon Violet, um, bridges that gap a little bit. And I think the game should get voice acting, have, probably have better looking cutscenes, and, right. and start making like fuller games. Like, I think Pokemon Eevee was, like, probably one of the worst. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one was, like, baby mode, for like, intentionally. Like, meant for, like, toddlers so they could, like, play the game. Right. And, um, but still cost $60. <laughs> yeah, and they're just reselling you the first game over again. And, and if, if, like, if they had, like, a fuller game that, I guess, was more closer to, like, a JRPG with, like, voice acting and cutscenes, like that's where the anime people would go and that's where they would spend their money. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I think Arceus could have been that for people if there was voice acting. Mm-hmm. Cause it definitely was like its own spin off, its own thing. It really could have been like that, uh, cinematic game that you're, you know, obviously desiring. And, um, I, no, I agree with that. There's, there is a need for that and, and to kind of again bridge the gap a little bit even more. Uh, because like, like I said, the writing is there in this game. Like the writing is the strongest I've seen since at least black and white, like in, in that writing, because, I didn't love Sword and Shield's writing. I felt like it was very predictable. Sword and, Sword and Shield, I think I played as well. Oh, really? The, mo- the Gen 8, the one before yeah. it? Yeah, I felt like that writing was a little bit predictable. Um, and just uh, c- just cause could see it coming from a mile away. So um, this one it definitely feels like more creative, more unhinged, like dark. What I want from an actual like Pokemon writing. Like still not, doesn't lose its audience, but, but still just a little bit more creative and like, takes the core themes of what makes these games Scarlet and Violet, what makes them like their personality and then runs with it to make it like a really like compelling thing. It's, it's a game that I say is worth finishing, you know, in contrast to the earlier video game review, this one, I feel like you need to finish it in order to, to get a final review for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm here at an 80. Okay. I think I've played a few hours. I killed a few Titans. Yep. Murdered them in the streets. Yeah, you gotta you gotta uh, evolve that uh, Coco to a Skeledurge because the badass Croc and his bird need to go pew pew. Hey Amen. I'm all about the the pew pew. I want to set some things on fire. I want to burn them alive. Yeah, you little arsonist. <laughs> you you little felon. I need my uh, Pokemon games to like incorporate more of the violence of like two animals in the <laughs> wild fight. Did you watch um, Detective Pikachu, the movie? No. <laughs> no. Okay, bro. So here you are saying that you're in the camp of the animated like series and <laughs> the live movies. Action, bro. And then you That's won't even... Action. It's a mix. 
It's got animated sequences <laughs> and it's got live action. What I don't you think that's a real Pikachu there, bro? That's that's animated. That is 3D animation. I'm telling you right now, Detective Pikachu is a three star masterpiece. A three out of five star <laughs> masterpiece. It is the are best. Go, are you going by Michelin stars? It, are three of them? It, it is the best three star movie I've ever seen. <laughs> it really is. It's a 69 out of 100. It is so close to being good. And they just kind of dropped the ball a little bit. But I'll find out where it's streaming. And then I'll, I'll, I'll text Abby right now. This is what we're watching with dinner tonight. Wow. I see you're bold. I would be like, dinner tonight? Question mark? With dinner tonight? And then she'd be like, if that's what you want to watch. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm asking you because I want to know. <clears throat> okay. Well, I guess it's just the Holden show. Whatever you want to watch, we get to watch. Ugh, and when, it, when, when it's time to, for me to pick a show, we just say, you just say, no, I don't really want to watch it. Are we off air right now? Uh, we're about to. Um, I am going to say thank you. Oh, no. This was a great episode. This was. This was a great episode. We were tight with our times. It's an anniversary episode. Our three-year anniversary. It's, it, it's a special moment. It's a special accolade. It's, a, it's a, um, definitely a, a hallmark in our podcasting career. And uh, we appreciate y- y'all for being on the journey, for listening, supporting us. Like I, I always say, I'm the biggest fan of the show, and I'm, I'm grateful that I have people who care about it enough to listen and to, to tune in every month and to, uh, um, you know, show their appreciation for our little time that we spend here. And it, and it really is, you know, it's for us as a hobby. It's an it's a excuse for us to hang out together as best friends, and it's, you know, consistently, right? Yeah, every month we get to hang out as best it is, friends. It is a nice, consistent, and maybe like, I'll throw in a movie night or throw in a game right. night. It's for the podcast, babe. Right. Yeah, and it's 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 something we're passionate about, right? It's our passion project, and uh, and so I do, you know, just reflectively, uh, I really do appreciate y'all at home um, being a part of this journey and um, you know, letting us do our thing and just just letting us be little freaks. You know, I I've had people who are like, oh, this is how you can make the show better, and I'm like, yeah, but that would kind of change the the DNA. I, I think I'm having a lot of fun with the show how it is now. Yeah, I definitely think we're in our golden era of how to waste your time. I don't think the show's been any better than it is. Now, just because of what we, you know, our time to talk about the subjects, just uh, how much care and attention and just kind of we're in a flow state now. And if I, if I feel like uh, there was something really wrong with the show, I th- we would change it. But otherwise, we're just enjoying this hobby and this, this fun time. And then uh, down the road, if we need to change something because um, Liquid Death wants to sponsor us, you know, we'll make those changes. Just send over the contract. Yeah. Don't let me drink San Pellegrino on the show ever again. Yeah, that's kind of like... Cheating on your that's blasphemous, yeah. That's like cheating on your soon soon to be girlfriend with your wife. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> it's like uh, it's like I had a real nice thing going with this um, what is it, Norwegian or is it Alpine? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the Austrian Alps. Yeah, the Austrian. Like I had a real she's Austrian like, Alps. She's like super tall and blonde, and like we had a good thing going. And then just this olive skin Italian woman <laughs> like took me for a night and I'm like just real regretful about it, you know? But it was a 98. But it was like, yeah, it was like a 98. Like how much can you regret a 98, you know what I'm saying? Like that's, when are you going to get that again? Yeah. Anyways, Liquid Death, hit us up. <laughs> Off air, on air. Been watching a lot of Grey's Anatomy. Ooh. 
that's wild. You and Steph should have a, a lengthy conversation. She's, she, we were watching a show and then I was like, Oh, what? I was like, Oh, what? We're watching, um, uh, Yellowstone and they were doing a surgery and I was like, what's going on? She's like, that's a craniotomy. And I was like, the hell? I was like, what am, what am I looking at? And she's like, that's usually because of blunt trauma to the head. Um, that's actually going to be, and I was like, all right, calm down. Hints MD over there and your Grey's Anatomy ass. Yeah. The, um, the last episode they removed, um, like little tiny, like doll head, like think like Barbie. They removed 10 from a guy's like intestinal tract. And I, I'm watch. I'm sitting there watching it just because Abby wants to watch it. I'm like, this is, it's like one of the worst medical shows. Like, if you look at it from the medical perspective, like it's one of the worst medical shows, but it's like a ten out of ten in the drama. Uh, uh, Steve-O did put a um, a, a Hot Wheel up his right, ass, right? Famously, so I mean, Barbie dolls is not that. But they got into his intestinal tract from his mouth. He consumed them, and then they got all got stuck in there. I my favorite part about secondhand watching Grey's Anatomy is like always seeing how like embarrassed like the the people are that like for what they're coming in for oh, yeah. like like the people who are working are usually professionals but it's always the patients that are like oh shit man I got a I got a lot going on in my you know there's someone who's like stuck in concrete or something <laughs> and like their whole entire body was looking like concrete they're like oh shit man I'm I am I it was a stupid little my friends dared me and now I I, I don't know if I'm ever gonna move again um. I think the best acting comes from the like guest spots that they have in those. Mm. Um, they had uh, this actor on Jesse Plemons. No, Keith David. They had Keith. Oh David yeah, Keith on. David's great. And he played a guy who was going through liver psoriasis, mm-hmm. and he needed a transplant. And like the entire time, he's like cheeky. He's like, "Oh, I'm on the transplant list. Like, I'm gonna die on the transplant list." Like he's being cheeky the whole time, and like. He's like, this is my get out of jail free card. I can say and do whatever I want because I'm going to die soon. And then the moment that um, they said, like, oh, we found a liver for you in the hospital. Like, we have a liver. And, like, the moment, like, Keith David, like, grabbed his friend doctor, on, like, by the shoulder, like, by the chest and, like, turned his head and cried. I was like, that was, that was, like, 10 out of 10, like, incredible acting. And then the 90% of the show is, like, Watching people like uh, fumble through surgeries because they're yeah. all like surgical interns, and I'm like, this is it's it's, it's a weird juxtaposition because it's like the worst medical show I've ever seen, but the best drama. Mm. Hey man, I'm glad you're liking it. I'm glad we have some some more defenders out there. It couldn't be me, man. So thank you for doing the Lord's work. Ninety-eight out of a hundred. And thank you. What, is that your review of? <laughs> Great. Crazy. And, and thank in, you. I'm in season one. I'm in season. One. It's got it's got a lot of time. Okay. Oh yeah, there's a there's a whole like hostage situation that you got to witness in some later seasons. Yeah, there's like seven, there's like seventeen, there's like seventeen seasons. Oh yeah, there's a lot of them. I think they're I think McDreamy leaves after like season ten or something, and then it stops. Yeah. people yeah. stop watching after that. Um, thank you all for listening at home. You, I'm giving you you listening right now. I'm giving you a ninety out of a hundred because you stuck around this far. What's you, the, what happened to the last two points? You know, <laughs> some of you can shape up. They, you, I can't, I can't assume everyone that was saying, I mean, they, they could be writing reviews, sharing this with a friend. I mean, just different ways. You could be messaging us on the, on the draft punks discord in the how to waste your time channel. 
that would get you to a hundred. I'll be honest. If you want to know why I gave you a 98 and not a hundred. There's, there's some eggs out there who are just listening, you know? Oh yeah. They're just lurking. They haven't even joined the server. And, and they, they get a 98 that you, well, they would be lower. They're, yeah. You're right. lower. If you're on the server, but you have message, you're a 98. If you have messaged us in the, how to waste your time channel, you're a hundred for sure. You know, you are. But if you want to go from 98 to a hundred message us, Josh Monk's discord. It's a, in the show notes. You can find the little invite <laughs> link. You can make a Discord account and join the same day. That's a great thing about the DraftMonk server is it's open for everyone. So please join us. Hit us up. If you felt like, oh, why do the guys rec- recommend this? And why do they watch this? Well, they should be watching this. Well, tell us. Tell us. Dude, tell us what we should be watching. I, I do think um, these anniversary episodes are the most fun because someone told us to do something. Right, and then and the entire time we're doing it, we're like, hmm, why did they, what do you think they felt about it? Like, why did they feel like we needed to do it? Yeah. You know, why did, why, what does Michael Moran like so much about pickleball that makes us have to play, you know, what is, or, what's his favorite part about the sport? Hey, I think you guys would like this. Like, when you hear that from somebody, mm-hmm. and then you do it, and you're like, man, I do like this. Right, they know it, us. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's an internet friendship. It's it a, is. It's a blind friendship that you just give me stuff to do. And I end up liking it. Turns out we liked everything. Yeah, the, this was a banger episode. Everybody got good ratings and good reviews because this everything was good. Y'all gave us good stuff. Even the trash you gave us, Love is Blind, Brian, I'm looking at you. It was still good. Dude, still still fun. good. 73. We we all we I'll, had a good time. I'll never forgive you for making me listen to Brazilian Portuguese. Port- Port- Y'all have a good night now. <laughs> Is it stopped? Bye. Let's go. And I meant that like, let's go, not like, let's go, like, like, let's go. Let's go.